0: SECTION 3 CHAPTER 2 PART 2 THE FIRST ALARM The taxicab robbery took place on a quiet morning like this. Suddenly, around 11 o'clock on Thursday, February 15th, a brief message comes from the second precinct stating that a robbery has been committed in the financial district. A little later, there is a fuller report over police wires. The details are few, as will be seen by the general alarm that presently goes out over the city. Police Department, City of New York, February fifteenth, 1912 To all, all boroughs, notify the patrol platoon immediately. Arrest for assault and robbery three men. Number 1. About 35 years. 5 feet 8 or 9 inches in height. 160 or 170 pounds. Small stubby dark mustache. Dark complexion. Medium build. Dark suit and cap. No overcoat. Number 2. About 35 years. 5 feet 10 inches in height. Slender build. Dark hair, possibly smooth shaven, light brown suit, no overcoat, wore a cap. No description of number three. Stole twenty-five thousand dollars in five and ten dollar bills contained in a brown leather telescope bag, twenty-four inches long, sixteen inches square, from two bank messengers in a taxi cab about 11 o'clock this morning, at Park Place and Church Street, and escaped in a five- or seven-seated black touring car, top-up. Look out for this car, bag, and occupants on streets, at ferry entrances, bridge terminals, railroad stations. Inquire at all garages, automobile stands, stables, etc. If found... NOTIFIED DETECTIVE BUREAU BEFORE NOON, THE COMMISSIONER HAD POSTPONED APPOINTMENTS, ASSIGNED ROUTINE BUSINESS, AND IS ENGAGED IN AN INVESTIGATION THAT WILL KEEP HIM BUSY UNTIL THAT MORNING, TWELVE DAYS LATER, WHEN THE FIRST ARRESTS ARE MADE, AND THE CASE IS, IN POLICE PARLANCE, BROKEN. WHERE DO THE POLICE BEGIN IN SUCH A CRIME? What do they start with when there is apparently so little to work upon? In spite of the wide popular interest in police and criminal matters, the average citizen has no very clear idea. Even the newspaper reporter, following police activities every day, is not well informed in technical details. Some information is necessarily withheld from him, and he is a busy young man with his own technical viewpoint, working hard to get his own kind of information. This lack of knowledge leads to a feeling of mystery, helplessness, and terror after a sensational crime, and to criticism of the police. They are at work, skillfully, honestly, diligently. But results take time. It would do little good to make arrests without evidence. The citizen's sympathies are aroused by brutal lawlessness, and he urges that somebody be caught and punished. If results are not at once apparent, he jumps to the conclusion that the police are demoralized. He would be startled if he could see how quickly and persistently the underworld takes steps to strengthen him in that conclusion and use him to discredit the police. Sixty detectives are immediately called into the case. Five of them go down to the scene of the robbery, with orders to work there until further notice. They make a thorough search of the neighborhood, following the route taken by Montani's taxicab and questioning merchants, news dealers, porters, truckmen, and other persons likely to have information as eye witnesses. They go through the streets that may have been taken by the escaping robbers, and work over the whole ground. This search, through one of the busiest sections of New York in a busy hour, amid the excitement created by the crime, may appear like hopeless business, but as will be seen presently, it yields important results other detectives search garages for the black automobile without a license number in which the robbers are reported to have got away four uniformed policemen on beats along the route taken by the taxicab are questioned other detailed inquiries of the same nature are started but the most important work of the first day centres at police headquarters where a conference is held by Commissioner Doherty and his assistants and in the examination of Montani the taxicab driver strip all the labels off a suit of clothes and lay it before a committee of tailors in a few moments certain points would be agreed upon it may be a new suit or an old one a fine piece of tailoring or a cheap hand-me-down the committee would often identify the cheap suit and tell the name of its manufacturer, while with a $75 suit it might be possible to determine the maker's name. This holds true of many other lines of work, and it is particularly true of criminal investigation. Who Cut and Made That Suit of Clothes? The conference sat down to determine this, Judging the robbery strictly as a piece of workmanship, names of known bank criminals were brought up, one by one, and details gone over. It soon became clear that none of the men identified with bank crime were likely to have the brains, skill, or organization to plan and execute so complicated a robbery. The criminals had known the habits of the bank in conveying cash uptown, They knew the route and were aware that the guard was only an elderly man and a 17-year-old boy, both unarmed. They had boarded the cab at the best point and evidently made arrangements for stopping it. There was teamwork in every detail. It showed marked insight, for instance, to provide additional men to boost each assailant in at the doors for young Wardle, the bank employee, had made a plucky attempt to shove his robber out and shut the door, and might have succeeded had there not been an outside man. Robberies are committed under exciting conditions. They sometimes fail because criminals balk. That outside man was there not only to help his slugger into the cab, but to force him in if he shrank, and make certain he did his work. Whoever planned such details, it was agreed at the conference, possessed more cunning than the ordinary bank criminal. Montani is examined. When Montani, the taxicab driver, arrived at police headquarters, he was willing to talk and seemed anxious to help the police in every way. He knew suspicion might be directed toward himself, but did not resent that. He talked like a man confident of the truth of his story, and certain that he would be found blameless. Montani is an Italian from the northern part of Italy, about thirty years old, five feet six inches high, rather stout and thick-set, with very dark complexion. The striking feature of his countenance, his large, intelligent brown eyes. Commissioner Dougherty found himself thinking of Napoleon in connection with Montani. The first examination lasted all afternoon, Montani going out to lunch with the commissioner. Hundreds of questions were asked, bearing on the robbery, the appearance of the criminals, and montani's past and personal affairs the story was gone over again and again and different questioners relieved each other yet the taxicab man never lost his temper or patience and did not contradict himself in any important particular montani had been in this country since the age of twelve it appeared had a wife and two children and was the owner of two taxicabs operated from a stand at a hotel near the bank whose money he regularly carried he had owned three cabs but lost one through business reverses in fact he had passed through money troubles and his story excited sympathy starting originally as a truckman for a salvage company His ambition and intelligence had won him such confidence that this company lent him money to set up trucking for himself. Still more ambitious, he had become a taxicab proprietor. Through the trickery of an ill-chosen partner, however, he had lost some of his savings. He seemed a little bitter about this, and it was a circumstance not likely to escape an expert police examiner for the loss of money through fraud, coupled with temptation, is often the starting point in crime. The Italian's former employers spoke highly of his character when questioned by detectives. He gave the names of chauffeurs who had worked for him lately, and of business people who knew him, and careful investigation failed to disclose any suspicious circumstances. Montani quite won the newspaper men, so much so that, when he was discharged in court a few days later for apparent lack of evidence, the newspapers criticized the police for having held him at all. And yet, before that first night, Montani himself, largely through simple answers to questions, had become so involved that there was ground for holding him under arrest, In the questions and cross-questions, the checks and counter-checks of a skillful examiner, there are possibilities little suspected by those not familiar with that kind of work. Montani had slowed down his cab at the point where the robbers boarded in. He said that an old man had suddenly got in front, and he had slackened speed to avoid running over him but detectives along the route found eyewitnesses who had seen the robbers board the cab and who could testify that there had been nobody in front of the vehicle. Both of his cabs had stood in line near the bank that morning, the one driven by himself being second, and the other, in charge of an employee, was first. When the call came from the bank, Montani answered it himself out of his turn, sending the other cab uptown, as he explained, to have some tires vulcanized. But it was not a good explanation. He said that as soon as the robbers left his cab, he had raised a cry for help. But eyewitnesses were found who denied this. Instead of running north after the robber's automobile when he had taken a policeman aboard his cab, he ran south, away from it. This action, he maintained, was taken under orders from the policeman, but the latter denied that. He was not able to explain how the robbers had known where to post their automobile so it would be waiting at the spot where they finished their work. Interest centered in this mysterious black automobile without a license number, for though Montani was an experienced chauffeur, and his replies to other questions showed that he had seen both the rear and the side of that car, he was unable to tell its make. Meanwhile, it was learned that three men had hurriedly boarded an elevated train near the scene of the robbery shortly after not waiting for change from a quarter. The ticket-seller was unable to describe them, but connected them with the robbery when he heard about it. Montani was held in the custody of the commissioner that night to be put through further examination in the morning. But long before morning, the police were working on an entirely new development. End of Section 3